Welcome to Technado. Welcome back to another episode of Technado. As always, I'm your host, Sophie Goodwin. Looking forward to jumping into some more tech news this week and maybe even getting a new assignment for the next 80s action movie that I have to watch. Uh, last week it was Predator, and I just haven't had a chance to watch another one since then. So I'm, I'm sure I'll get a new assignment today, which I'm I've looking forward four. to. Would you what? <laughs> watch You've watched four. That's just a normal Tuesday night for you. Right. Though. Well, I mean, what, that's what's your key? Like, what holds you up? That's standard. <laughs> I, yeah, lack of desire really uh, is what is what it. Once uh, I start watching the movie, I get into you it. You think Sophia will enjoy her new job? <laughs> just watching yeah. 80s action films or <laughs> after this i'll go watch a new one now that we've had this conversation and i'm joined of course as always by don Pizzette. don how are you i am doing great you know it was a it was a weird week for technology tons and tons of breaches if we wanted to change this to breach nato <laughs> we we would have a hard time limiting the articles uh so it, it it's a it's a wild wild world out there but we do have other unrelated non-security <laughs> tech news to tackle. Uh, so looking forward to it. And if Daniel has anything to say that doesn't have to do with my lack of 80s action movie knowledge, go ahead and say it now. You know, I'm not angry so much as I am disappointed. Oh, <laughs> boy. It's, that's what it boils down to. Wow. Spoken like a true dad. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for that word of encouragement before we start this episode. It's truly, it's given me the confidence boost I need. <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump into our article today because we've got some interesting stuff we're going to cover. Uh, this first one comes to us from Tom's Hardware. This is uh, about some stuff going on with Microsoft. It says, Windows 11 will make the print screen key open snipping tool. And this is something that actually, I've, I started reading it and I was like, I forgot the snipping tool existed. I used to use it all the time in school. For uh, I was homeschooled, and I would use OneNote to take notes, and I would want to pull screen grabs of the diagrams from textbooks, online textbooks, and it was so much easier to just grab the little snippet that I need rather than take a screenshot of the whole page. So I'm kind of I'm kind of for this change that it doesn't just take a screenshot of the whole screen and it opens that snipping tool instead. Yeah, I, well, you know, to to properly understand this, we kind of have to go back in time, right? That the U.S. keyboard, and actually, I mean, most international keyboards too, are littered with buttons that are no longer relevant, hmm. right? You know, like the escape key. We use the escape key for a ton of things, but back in the day, that was how you let the program know that you were getting out of talking to the program and more so talking to the system itself. Print screen would literally take the text that was on your screen. And this was before GUIs, right? So adjust the text and print that out. Scroll lock would stop text from scrolling by on your screen pre-GUI. So most of these buttons had a non-graphical purpose. And when we switched to graphical user interfaces, these buttons became obsolete. When would you ever print your screen when it's a full-on graphic? Like you're just going to burn through. I was under the impression that after we got into the Windows being our kind of like, uh, you know, major force out there is that the print screen button actually took a screenshot of yeah. the entire mm -hmm. screen, right? Yeah. So they, they made that change. Yeah. Uh, I think it was in Windows 95 when they made that change, yeah, not just in like 3.1. Open and paint or whatever and do your annotation yeah. or your cutting and cropping. and. Why would you print? Right. Because it's just going to burn up ink and it's a waste, but save right. it to a graphic file, and that makes sense, right? Yep. Well, fast forward 30 years, and the print screen button still takes a screenshot. Well, th about three years ago, Microsoft released the snipping tool. Actually, a little bit longer. It was a while back, yeah. Um, and they made it an option where you could go in and turn this new snipping tool on. And the new it was like a Windows tool, Vista thing? Did it come out with Vista? Maybe. I think it did. No, it can't be that I old, think it right? did, yeah. Yeah? I want to say. Hmm. Well, we'll have to dig on the history <laughs> on that one. If it is, it's even more. November 7th, 2002. Booyah, booyah. That's XP, bro. Yeah. It was named Screen Sketch. <laughs> That's forever ago. Uh, yeah. So the point here, though, is that the snipping tool is incredibly useful compared to just a screenshot, right? With a screenshot, it grabs your whole screen. Well, if you have a 4K monitor, it's a pretty big image file that it generates, and things are pretty small in it. Well, with the snipping tool, you can grab a particular region. You can grab just an individual window. Like, there's all sorts of stuff you can do with this tool. Way more useful. And it's taken Microsoft forever. I was giving them the benefit of the doubt. I thought it was just a couple of years, but... Um, Apparently 20. <laughs> I think, well, you know, the snipping tool may have been around that long, but the option to make it what the print screen button does, that hmm. hasn't been around that long, has that it? That I have mm -hmm. no idea. I, I feel like that's just in the last few years, but Microsoft has finally reached the point where they're going to change the default functionality of a button on every keyboard, at least every keyboard in the United States. Now, to most of us, that's a relief. We're like, oh, thank goodness. You know, now this key is going to be useful because I, I have to always remember to turn that feature on. But if you support end users in any form in your job, get ready. <laughs> <laughs> because when you change what a physical button on the keyboard does, 
you will be I mean, just amazed at the crap end users come up with on this. <laughs> and you'll need to know how to set it back to the old set. Yeah, they are uh, really adept at finding <laughs> ways to screw up even the most mundane, simplistic task. And like, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to like disparage any end user. I'm saying it's just interesting <laughs> the fact that like, what you, you go, I, I remember saying, what you're telling me on the phone right now should be an impossibility. Like they deleted their administrator account or something like like right. And in a Windows world, that that's supposed to be an impossibility, right? There's always an ace. And you're like, it's gone. It is, it is not here. You have done are you some sort of warlock that has <laughs> weird psychic powers? That was God on the phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> Great at Jeopardy. I, I've told yeah, you my uh, yeah. my end user nightmare story about uh, desktop icons. I've ever shared that. I don't one with remember you. if you have or not. I I think everybody who's worked in IT sooner or later builds up what they consider like their dumbest user interaction oh, yeah. ever. And I I've got one. So I, I used to maintain a uh, a Windows remote desktop failover cluster. You know, it was. I did you ever work on those the the terminal servers? I never had to work on the terminal. Okay. Servers. We, well, we had four or six of them yeah. in uh, in a like a, a cluster where users could get connected. They get routed to one of these six servers, and that's where they'd get their desktop. And yeah. They had their icons and things, and it was all synchronized between the six nodes. Any node could fail, and a user would just end up on another node. It was very very simple, uh, but but robust. And we were doing maintenance on one node, and, and the maintenance didn't go so well. So I said, all right, well, who cares? I'll just format it, and we'll restore it from backup, because we have backups everything. And it was a cluster anyway, so yeah. the, the data was actually stored somewhere else. So we restore it from a backup. And the next day, I get a call from a user. Well, the call went through the help desk and yeah. escalated up to me. Oh, you mean they they fielded the call and said, <laughs> oh, let me let me transfer you. Yeah. As, that, that was the help desk Don and I used to work as on. As that particular help desk yeah, would do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Our most expensive call routing system. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> yeah. Salaries and pensions were involved. So it, it made it up to me on the server team, and uh, and I, I remotely connected to this person's session because, you know, with a terminal server, you can see people's sessions. And he was saying, all the icons on my desktop are gone. And, you know, first off, people with icons on their desktop, like you never see your desktop. It's not a way Windows is designed to be used. It's frustrating. But I'm okay with it. You know, that's what this guy does. Um, but I said, okay, well, how many icons are we talking about? And he said, it's about 20. And I'm looking at his desktop and I see 20 icons. And he starts naming off icons and I see every one. And I told the guy, I said, all right, I'm going to need some help here because I see these icons. Yeah. They're right here. You and I are seeing the same thing. I don't understand. And he goes, well, no, no, no. Those are the right icons. They're just not in the right place. Oh, my goodness. And he had, like, arranged the icons on his desktop in a certain order or whatever that he knew. And it turns out when you back up a Windows profile, it doesn't track icon location as a, like, immutable thing. Yeah, yeah. And so when we restored from backup, they were alphabetical. Yeah. And it broke this guy's mind. (laughs) And he was irate. Uh, he he went all the way up to one of the VPs on this no, thing he did before not. they told him that he was Just, being ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It wow. was. Uh, I wonder how. Like, did he feel like the biggest fool on earth when the VP? You know, they were like, "Shut! It's stupid icons, dude. Shut up and go to work." Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bill told me that you know the um, the mainframe controllers that you know we used to send out the updates for the mainframe controllers on on floppies, like, mm-hmm. like floppy floppies. And um, he said, somebody calls, I can't get the floppy to go into the controller. Um, uh, And he's like, he said, I'm not on the phone with them for like half an hour trying to figure out why this floppy disk will not go into the drive bay. And he said, I physically went and got a controller, pulled it into my office. I said, okay, I'm looking at it. You open the door. Straight ahead of you is the floppy controller. They're like, no. He goes, what do you mean? No. He goes, no, it's to the left. He's like, left. It looks on the door is a picture of the front of the controller with all the things labeled <laughs> and what they were. He was trying to stick it into the picture. <laughs> Kid you not. <laughs> Kid you wow. not. And then my biggest one was <laughs> this lady called up so she couldn't see the files on her flash drive. And I'm like, all right, let's get logged in. I'm like, no, I'm not seeing them. I'm like, this is really weird. It's almost like it's not connected. 
And she's like, oh, you have to plug it in? I go, because it was all done remote work, right? I'm in my office there out in a, you know, in a county office somewhere. And I'm like, well, you know, most electronic devices require electricity to work. So go ahead and plug that on in and, oh, there's your files. You have a great day now. I'm going to go, you know, contemplate my life decisions. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can never underestimate what end yeah. users will come up with. And I don't want to derail this whole episode It's too been much, fun, but though. It's been fun. A little memory uh, lane. Back when wireless, uh, what, Wi-Fi, was really starting to get popular. So we had 802.11a and b, yeah. which if you're in commercial terms, basically came out at the same time. Um, Intel ran a series of commercials about how their Celeron processors were designed to work with Wi-Fi technologies, right? Okay. It was marketing BS, yes. really didn't, didn't matter. But they had this commercial, and in the commercial, it showed a guy at the peak of a mountain, like Mount Everest or some crap like that. And, yeah. and he's sitting, he gets to the peak of the mountain, and he breaks out his laptop, and it shows him working. And... They ended up having they got sued over right because there's no way that worked. And what Intel was saying was well, maybe maybe somebody put an access point up at the top of the mountain as, as they yeah, do. Some Sherpa <laughs> drug a stinking access point with all in a, in a battery pack, to, and then connected it to what? Yeah, right. <laughs> like you understand, like this is this is because people don't know about technology, especially when it's new, right? What people didn't understand was is that yes, you have an access point. That connects to something that is wired. Yes. There must be yep. a wired connection. Yeah. But for years, we had people that would, they'd go to Best Buy and buy a laptop and it would have the Wi-Fi symbol on it. And they would just assume that they could get internet anywhere. And and even though they didn't pay for an internet account anywhere. like <laughs> so, <laughs> so the whole point of this, we've gone way off tangent yeah. here. The whole point is... Mess you change thing. the functionality of a key on a keyboard, it seems really minor, but get ready for some calls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Help desk is going to light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. The world will burn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sophia's like, what's a floppy? <laughs> okay. I feel like you oversimplify my like residual no, knowledge of stuff. I don't stuff feel like I do. <laughs> no, I think they were obsolete before you were born. Yeah. I'm like vaguely aware of this stuff. It's like, have you ever heard of a cassette tape? And I'm like, yes. I Do I use them? No, but I know what they are. I'm like, I didn't just follow the turnip truck. But you're right in that I don't have any up close and personal first-hand yeah, experience. You, never, you actually that. held one in your hand, I'm sure. No, but, oh, sir, it's my dream. One day, for real and for true, I'd All love right. to hold Who, one in my did, hand. Was it you that asked me if I had one the other day? Uh, Somebody asked me if I had a floppy disk. And I'm like, yeah, that's a big no. Oh, I wouldn't have asked you that because I have you a have ton some. of floppy yeah. disks just yeah, right behind right. us on yeah. the shelf. Somebody came up to me the other day and asked me if I had a floppy disk. I'm like, uh, yeah, it, that's a hard no. It would be easier for me to produce a floppy disk than it would be, say, a turnip truck, which is what you just mentioned and has blown my mind. Who the hell talks about a turnip, turnip. truck? So that's an old southern state. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 it is. I forgot. You're, you're from... Santa, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a southern. It's I, like I don't. I wasn't southern born yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Turnip truck. Sorry, yeah. I'll translate. See, I'm not the only one that doesn't know yeah, things. Have you true. Have you ever actually seen a turnip truck? Not in real life. I have. Have you? You have. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. All right. So it is a thing. You can vouch for yeah. me then. Yeah. They are real. They, people they fall off exist. of them all the time. I mean, I guess my people, dad has driven one. <laughs> people buy turnips. They got to come from somewhere, That's right? Right. right? And they usually yeah they grow in the truck. That's where they come from. Yeah, they come from the truck. A whole garden of turnips going in this truck. They actually, the There's truck a truck made of turnips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like in uh, Cheech and Chong up in smoke. The yeah. the whole truck is made out of turnips. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. It's just a steering wheel turnip, you know, rims, turnips. Okay. And uh, Cheech and Chong is not your homework. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. No, I, f I figured, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, next on Turnip NATO, yeah. we, have a <laughs> we have an article from Foronix. It uh, says, Microsoft continues building out its Linux distribution with more packages. So this is yet another thing that... Personally, like firsthand experience, I don't have a ton with this, but I know that you guys both are, are pretty, or at least more experienced with Linux than I am. So a lot of new packages listed in this article and some other updates. What does this all mean for Linux users? Well, you know, we we haven't talked about Microsoft's uh, build of Linux in a little while, so I, I thought it'd be neat to do a little update. Uh, they they switched from version 1.0 to version 2.0 a while back. I think that's the last time we reported on it, and Microsoft has continued to build on that. They They had a secondary version of Linux, which they consolidated. So it's all in one now. So it's all in this CBL Mariner. And they've continued to add more packages, making it more and more useful. What I thought was interesting, I mean, there's there's packages in the list that are, are things people care about. Uh, 
Uh, Apache Commons has been added in. Uh, they added in, uh, where is it, RabbitMQ. Uh, yeah, RabbitMQ, the, uh, the message queuing server, which is very popular in the microservices world. Uh, they added in some WireGuard support for VPN. So that's all like server-side stuff. But they actually added a few tools for admins. They took tools like ATOP and HTOP, which are, are great performance monitoring tools. Um, if you're not familiar with them, HTOP gives you a quick point-in-time view of the performance of your system. And ATOP allows you to do trending over time. So mm. you can see like CPU utilization, memory, and so on over Is it, time. Are you, are you the kind of person that calls HTOP pretty top? Uh, yeah, I don't like HTOP. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's resource-heavy. Oh, I'm sure. I, I hardly ever use it. Everything's got a stinking graphical yeah. you know, thing nowadays. Hey, so. you know, if you're in a test or dev environment, HTOP's great. It yeah. looks pretty, yeah. right? But it's on a tough. production server, if you run HTOP, it has a measurable effect on the performance of the server. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> that's a fact, Jack. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I don't like tools that I can't run in production. Wow. Oh. And yet, Titus still works here. <laughs> oh, but um, too. I had, to, I had to do it, Titus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was right there. I'm sorry, bro. You, you can forgive oh. me. We, we have to be careful for our uh, our listeners and viewers who don't know. Titus is actually the, the the man behind the camera who makes all of this work. And without him, yeah, everything falls yeah, apart. I, I feel like yes. I'm gonna have overlays over my face now, and my microphone's gonna go off and on, as it should. I mean, I, I deserve those kind of reprisals. Yep. <laughs> So uh, moral of the story, though, is Microsoft is continuing to invest in this. And while they haven't come right out and said, look, we have our own Linux, it's a it's a fully published thing. The GitHub repos are there. You can download ISO images. Their update servers are public. You can deploy this out in the real world, and it's it's a viable server operating system. Not desktop. Like, I, I don't think they support a GUI, at least not natively yet. So, But as far as a server OS, though... It's a very consistent, sta stable platform is, maintained by Microsoft. Is this kind of like their response to what, like the Amazon Linux AMI or whatever? Is that the kind of idea they got behind this? Or? Yeah, that's a that's a part of it. Yeah. Uh, but also, people are trying to do containerized development more, mm -hmm. and Windows sucks in a container. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, it's crap in it a container. Uh, yeah, they have well. the whole Windows <laughs> container subsystem and stuff, and it's just not even worth working with. So, okay. so they, they had to do something to compete in that space, and, and this was their answer. And it was called Linux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Hmm. How about that? Okay. Uh, I'm so glad that because this is not a it's not an operating system I really work with, so I'm glad you guys both have background knowledge in that because it's it we're, helps me to kind of learn. A, I'm sorry, did I? We're going to change that. We're going to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I hope. I hope right. that I do learn more. Um, well, without so, using it every day, I think it's a little harder to learn about us. Maybe I should just switch to Linux now. This is where. All right, I see why you couldn't. If you threw Linux Mint on, you would probably be just fine. Okay. I don't know, Daniel. I. <laughs> So I, I love Linux. Yeah. Right. I've been working with it since I think the first time I installed it was 1994 yeah. or 1995. Like I mean, yeah. I've I've worked with Linux a long, long time, and I don't run Linux on my desktop. He doesn't. And doesn't. You know, on a server, I, I think I'm at 100 yeah. percent right now. No I don't doubt. think I have any right. Windows servers. Well, in it's my for anymore. her. It would be more for like because she's going down the security road. There is no not knowing yeah. Linux, right? I use Linux a lot because I need Linux a lot. All the yeah. tools I run, run in Linux. Everything I do is inside of some sort of Linux. And if she's going to go down that road, she's got to learn that stuff. And it would be a cool experiment because it would be a nice, you know, not a great control uh, of whether or not someone who is not Linux savvy could jump into one of these more friendly Linux operating systems. Yeah. And to see how well she adapts to that and how quickly that goes, that would be an interesting kind of like experiment. I guess the, the thing for me is, like, I, I run Windows on my main laptop, but I've got WSL. And so I can, like, I mean, I've got my little terminal icon. Yeah. Oh, where does it go? And I'm, I'm into, yeah, oh, actually, it went to PowerShell, didn't it? Damn. Uh, oh, Don's marked out now. <laughs> I know. I just shot myself in the foot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you drop right into it and you go into Ubuntu Linux. Yeah. And so, you know, if I need a Linux command line, which I go into pretty often, it's it's there. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't see a whole lot of value in GNOME and the GUI ecosystem in Linux, aside I'm, from getting you to a web browser. I won't argue with you on that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, well, it could be a fun just, exercise. Yeah, there's some pretty friendly like, yeah. Linux systems I love out being there, like Zorin or, great. or, <laughs> or whatever. You can write your hypothesis, create yeah. materials list for me, do a full scientific method thing, and we'll, well, we'll figure uh, out if... subject is sweating. <laughs> 
I see a, a furrowed brow. <laughs> Openly sobbing. Why does she have arch link? Hold on. Stop this thing. <laughs> you could do, you, you had to do a control group and a yeah. placebo. Right, right, right. right. So, so one day you give Double her a laptop and it's, study. <laughs> and it's running Windows. And you just say, we, we made this Linux look like Windows. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> She's like, I'm a Linux user now. <laughs> I have a whole list of stuff. Like, you got to build a PC. You got to start running Linux. It's I'm going to have a list of assignments. Yeah. Sometimes. Just, Homework. Yeah. It's like I never left school. It's great. That's right. <laughs> So it looks like to the job. There's, it looks like there's a there's more details on on this update uh, on GitHub. So if you want to know more, you can always check that out. But for now, yeah. move on to what we've got next on our list. This article comes from Slashdot. Uh, this is some tech news going on in the world of the cloud. It says Samsung is considering replacing Google with Bing as the default search engine, and it sounds like a big reason why Bing's becoming a more attractive option is because of the artificial intelligence stuff, right? So do you think this threat from Samsung is is legit? Like they might actually make this switch? Yes, absolutely. And this is a this is a big deal, right? Uh, five years ago, Google was like the king of the empire, right? This massive, untoppable, untoppable, toppable. How you say that? You can't topple them. Unbeatable. <laughs> what is the word there? I know English. Yeah, yeah. Unable to be toppled. Yes. Yeah, uh, unable to be toppled is what I'm going for here. Um, but basically, the the 800 pound gorilla that could not be beat in the search space, like they dominated the industry. And when OpenAI released ChatGPT and Microsoft got in early and invested three billion dollars or however much into them uh, and started incorporating it into Bing, Google went into panic mode. And we are right now witnessing one of those pivotal moments in technology where an industry giant starts to teeter on that edge of obsolescence. Um, you know, I've seen this a few times in my career, and it's been really interesting to see it. Uh, one of the the first ones I saw was Novell, right? Novell mm, Netware. They were huge. There was a time where everybody had Netware servers, and today most people have never even heard of Novell Netware, like but, Sophia. And nor should she have. And when it, I say yeah, I, I'm lost, everybody had these servers. I mean, I mean literally. It's still like around though. It's still kind of popular out in. It, it's just a brand name that oh, gets acquired gotcha. by different companies. Yeah, technically, I think Susie Linux, Linux owns yeah. the Netware brand right. name right now. Gotcha. Um, hmm. But it's it's moved around so much, and it's got no value or marketing recognition anymore, except for old people like me. Yeah. So, Back in my day, yeah. <laughs> I ran those Novell Netware. They had a directory service. It was amazing. It's the way it was, and we yeah. liked it. That's right. We and we, we saw it with BlackBerry, yeah. where they brought us email on our phone. Yeah. And that yeah. was that was a big deal. Like pre-text message, that was, that was yeah. amazing. Completely toppled. And I, they're just a brand name that gets handed off. I think um, it's like a... Some European firm owns the BlackBerry yeah. name now, but yeah, there's one of those that buys up. I, like I remember when iPhones came out, they were they were labeled as the BlackBerry killer, like BlackBerry killer, BlackBerry, and, they, and it, it was like, psh, there's no stinking way anything's taking BlackBerry down. That was a that was wrong. Yep. Yeah. So here we are. Fast forward to today. Google, peak of their game, yeah. dominating the industry. Hates their customer, right? Like <laughs> Google, if you are a Google customer in any form, and I mean you pay them money, they don't talk to you. Like yeah. they, you can't find a phone number. Um, if you do talk to them, it's immediate blowoffs. Have you rebooted your computer? Yeah. And uh, have you read this document? And just terrible customer service. They make their money on ad revenue from search engines. That, that's where they get the bulk of their revenue. And and now Bing rolls out something and changes the way people look at search, right? So when you do a search, Google gives you the top 10 results and, and page after page after page of results, but most people don't care about that. Most people never leave that first page of results. They just want an answer to a question, and that's what Microsoft has been baking in. Samsung currently, uh, Google pays Samsung $3 billion a year to be the default search engine. And if Samsung jumps ship to Microsoft, that's three billion dollars. Now, Google wouldn't pay Samsung three billion dollars if they weren't making at least three times that yeah. on the ad revenue, right? So that's really nine billion dollars off of their bottom line. Now, Google also pays Apple twenty billion dollars a year to be the default search engine on iPhones. Hmm. 20, $20 billion? $20 billion 
So if they see, you know, Samsung jump ship and people are happy with that, mm-hmm. then it's a good possibility. Now, I, <laughs> I should throw a, a grain of salt in here, which Samsung is also the company that brought you the Bixby audio. <laughs> Amazingly <laughs> bad. <laughs> I think the only worse one is Siri. I love, I love the confused look on some people. It's like, the hell's a Bixby? Yeah. See, it's a yeah. Bill Bixby, right? And he uh, it gets angry and turns into a big, giant, green rage monster. <laughs> now, you use an iPhone, right? I do. Uh, do you use Siri at all? Occasionally. I'm setting off everybody's out there. Yeah. Hey, Siri. Um, so what do you think of Siri? <laughs> I, mostly I use it for like, I'll ask her to Shazam songs sometimes. Um, mostly I get irritated with her because she goes off <laughs> when I don't want her to. And I'm like, shut up. I wasn't yeah. talking to you. But yeah. And, uh, yeah. and when you do want to talk to her, her hit rate's pretty low. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty annoying. Mm-hmm. Samsung somehow managed to make one even worse than that called Bixby. Yeah. Okay. And it was only on Android phones, not on iOS. So, so uh, it's funny. No. I mean, with a name like Bixby. I have an older phone. I have a Bixby button. It's dedicated. That they won't let you remap. You can't remap it. <laughs> or may, at least not, I, I, I haven't looked into it for a while. But back when this came out, I was like, there is no remapping that button. It is Bixby. Damn you. And if I click it, Bixby's going to come up. And it's going to go, what would you like to do with Bixby stuff? And I'm like, nothing. That was an accident when I was trying to put the phone in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Samsung doesn't always make good choices. <laughs> so we don't know what's going to happen here, but it's starting to really look like, especially with with Google's Bard AI that they released, which is like the Bixby of... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Google's Bard. What, what a name, right? Bard. bard. Right? I'm yeah. thinking like, what, what are we playing? Dungeons and Dragons over here? I'm picking my character. I'm a bard. I'm going to be a bard. I'm going to play songs. <laughs> yeah. They could have named it anything. Yeah. Could've... You go with Bard. Bard. Does it sing to you? Like, how did they even get to that point? Like, right. <laughs> it, be, you'd be hard pressed to do worse. What poor marketing group was this? You know, they spent millions on focus millions. groups. Millions. Yeah. And they ended up with Bard. Well, which is somehow worse than the name Bixby. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think Bixby and I think Bill Bixby, who is a beloved character, right? A, a okay. He was a great actor that we all loved growing up. And now. I'm sure he was. You know, they <laughs> no, they, I'll take your word for it. It was a live the, action The Incredible Hulk TV show. Okay. And uh, he was. Rage he was monster. Enormous Green Rage Monster yeah. gave that away. He was David Banner. Yeah. David Banner? Bruce, Bruce, Banner. So Bruce Banner. He was David Bruce Banner. Oh. Was his name in the show. Okay. Interesting. And he went by David okay. in the show. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The only Bruce Banner I know is Mark Ruffalo, which is probably a crime to say on this podcast. Yeah, but yeah. You know. Well, there's plenty of them. Uh, Eric Banner played him. Yeah, I'm sure. Well I, as, I believe um, you. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. What's his name? Nicholas Cage. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a good guess, though. He was, uh, oh, jeez. Ed Norton. Oh, yeah. Ed Norton, Ed Norton was, was in the one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's a nightmare to work with. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I am, who's Ed Norton? I'm fully aware of what you're talking what, about. The point I'm trying to get across, which is easy to have lost track of Siri this point, sucks. <laughs> is that we are in the midst of witnessing a tech shakeup. If you've ever like heard these stories about Netware and BlackBerry and so on and wondered, am I going to see something like that in my, in my lifetime? You're, you're in it right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Google, we'll see how they pull through it, but a lot of companies don't have a great track record of pulling through this stuff. Well, let me ask you, Don, if, if, if that, you know, the toilet flushes on Google tomorrow, are you sad about it? Or um, like, how do you, you feel know, about that? So I've actually slowly been de-Googling myself over the last, like, five years. Yeah? Uh, I do still have some email accounts that run through them, but that's it. Like, yeah? I, I don't have any dependencies on Google. Do you use Google that. Search Engine or you I, use something else? It is my default search engine. Okay. But I could switch to Bing. Yeah, I actually have been using Bing a little bit more lately, and it is pretty good at what it does. Yeah. Well, I can't complain. Yeah. Uh, the reason I don't use Bing, and this may not be a valid reason, but yeah. they're always pushing like rewards programs and uh, shopping yeah. crap. No, I just feel yeah, dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? I'd rather them try to like entice me into paying them something and having a free service versus like me being the product. Yeah, that's you know? true. I- I'd rather that just old fashioned exchange of here is money for a service and thank you very much, not these weird. I don't really know what's going on and how you're using or what you're collecting and where that's going and da 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 da. Yeah. And you're and you're then you're taking that money and doing all sorts of God knows what yeah. with it. And, yeah. yeah. So this is free, but it doesn't feel free. Yeah. yeah. Like you say, it, that that may, that to me makes me feel a little dirtier than. Hey, would you like to sign up for this 
program. Yeah, I think part of it for me is just muscle memory. I've been using Google mm -hmm. for so long for search mm -hmm. engine, uh, but their search results do tend to be better, right? They do. Uh, they're, they're, they're AI engine, different story, right? Yeah. But they're generative text, whatever. But uh, the the search results for traditional search is generally better on Google. If I switched to Bing, it, it wouldn't slow me down. How that awesome much. would it be if the AI that they incorporate into the Bing search just Google searches it and brings you back the results? <laughs> wasn't that what DuckDuckGo was doing? Was it? Weren't they, or was it Brave search engine? Somebody had a search engine where nah, it was Brave just search pulling Google ones. Yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, so Google doesn't like you doing that though. Yeah, it violates their terms of service. Yeah, I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a script that bypasses all that crap and just gives me links. Yeah. Right? And, and then I click the link and it opens up my Firefox browser or my Chrome or whatever I got. And bye. Thanks, yeah. Google. Okay. They hate me. I'm I am not the I'm ideal sure they user. Do. I'm sure you are on their, their yeah. crap list, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I'm, look, I got to be careful about what I say. So I don't, I don't want to say something um, that I'm going to regret. So I think... Where's the fun in that? We yeah. can... Where's your sense can, of adventure? Look, give me a few weeks. Give me a few more weeks of this. So I think that's going to wrap up our, our tech news segment of the show. But of course, we do have some security news coming up, uh, including some news for you major league gamers out there that you might want to be aware of. So don't go away. Stay tuned for more Technado. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back for more TechNATO. We're going to go ahead and get into some of our more security-focused news in, uh, in this half of the show. And we're kicking it off with stuff that I honestly I didn't realize that this was news when I was reading it. I was like, has this not always been a thing? Um, this is <laughs> seriously. I was like, is this new? Uh, this article comes from SC Media. It says LinkedIn deploys new secure identity verification for all members. And the thing that I didn't realize was necessarily new was uh, one of the options that's listed in this article is that you can verify your work status, uh, the company you work for, by providing your work email and. LinkedIn's been asking me to do that for months, so I was like, "Why?" I, I never. I was like, "I don't want to do that," but like, I didn't realize that was new, um, or that it was being treated as new. I guess I didn't realize that was no, news. No, you, you're right. That that's been around a while. That's not new. Okay, so the, it's the it's just the clear thing that's new. So Correct. it's it says you can use this identity verification thing where you provide a government issued ID and a phone number, and boom, you're verified. I personally don't know that that's worth it for me, but I mean, it's an option. All right, so you know it's easy to forget sometimes that LinkedIn is social media, mm -hmm. and uh, Daniel, you'll probably be the first person to say this. When I'm looking at social media content, how much of it can I trust? Uh, on traditional social media platforms, which LinkedIn barely qualifies as, is not much. Yeah, yeah, and LinkedIn's a little bit better because people on LinkedIn are typically trying to get a job, and so <laughs> so I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. Yeah, like a lot. And LinkedIn, at least for me and my experience, it is not a bunch of, hey, look at the political faction thing that I'm, you know. So Twitter. It, yeah, not Twitter. It's definitely not like Twitter. <laughs> it's more like, hey, here's a cool tool. Hey, here's a CVE that I just got. Oh, here's some new, uh, you know, breach that occurred because the people that I follow and the groups that I follow, they're all security minded or, or focused. So therefore, that's all I see. And that's not a bunch of, you know, fake news uh, or, you know, my grandma trying to get me to, ah, did you see what they're doing now? And it's like, no, because I'm not looking at that. My LinkedIn feed is, I would say, close to 100% legit. So with LinkedIn, you have a certain degree of legitimacy. But when you go to Twitter, you don't. No. Right? So Twitter... I think everybody it's knows about the, garbage. The, the blue check mark, right? <laughs> yeah. So so they started taking accounts and verifying them. If you were Matthew McConaughey, you got a blue check mark. Not quite sure why that's the first person that popped to mind, but a, a celebrity, <laughs> a reporter. I mean, all right, all right, all right. That's right. Uh, so, so if you were a celebrity, a reporter, a politician, 
they would verify that the account actually belonged to you. And they never exactly said how they did that, but you were supposed to talk to them and verify your identity and so on. And then you get the blue check mark. And so if you saw tweets from somebody with that check mark, you you knew that that was actually from that person. You didn't know if what they were saying was true or not. That's yeah. a whole different story. But at least you knew it was them. Well, and then it changed. Now it's if you have eight bucks, you get a blue check mark, right? Well, wasn't there like a lot of like fake blue check mark accounts? Problem. Isn't that a problem? How do you verify that? Uh, stuff? Right. Yeah. Right. Like you said, it was kind of like a black box of how to get verified. And mm-hmm. Yep. Because I knew there was a lot of people that weren't like celebrity status that had blue check marks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and certainly more reporters than yeah. than other areas, but. Uh, what LinkedIn did is they said, look, we've got to have a way that where people can prove they are who they say they are and to prove their work experience even. And so a while back, they rolled out a program, and I don't know when it was, Sophie, you mentioned a few months ago at least, where if you verified your work email address, then they would show you as verified because if you put in your work experience, like I could put in my work experience, I worked at Microsoft. But how do they know I worked at Microsoft? They don't. That's a good question. Right. But if I have a, you know, Don Pizet at Microsoft.com email address, odds are I work at Microsoft. And so they have certain domains that they've verified as belonging to a company. And then if you can verify you own the email address, which they just email you a code, you put the code, yeah. and then you're verified. But what if you don't work for a company that is like that? So they need a neck an extra step. Right. How can we verify people are who they say they are? And so they teamed up with an unusual choice, uh, a company called Clear. And are you guys familiar with Clear? Not outside of this. So I, I wasn't when I read the article and then I talked to you and you were like, oh, it's the thing we did when we got TSA bypass. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yes, I am. I just didn't realize it was called Clear. So I... For those of you who don't know about it, Clear started as a company at several U.S. airports. I think they were U.S. only. So this is not a government entity, though? Oh, no. Clear is a privately owned, for-profit organization. And um, they came up with a system that I I didn't feel comfortable using. So I used it for a year, and then I just went and got TSA pre-check, and I didn't didn't use it anymore. Um, And I did global entry because it worked internationally. Clear was just in the U.S. and just at certain airports. So at certain airports, if you go and, and check in and you walk up towards the security booths, you'll see a, a, a line with the Clear logo, this weird sphere thing. And what their their gig is, you pay them a couple of hundred bucks a year, and they will take a fingerprint scan and a retinal scan of you and a scan of your driver's license. They put that on file. And so they, they know who you are, right? They've got your biometrics. They've got your driver's license. And then they'll let you skip to the front of the security line. And so you, you still have to go through security. You still have to go through the scanners and take off your shoes and all that stuff. But you skip the line, right? Now, where what made me feel really bad, I'll give you the, the story on why I felt bad about this, is one day uh, I was with a couple of other friends who also had clear. And so they're walking us to the front of the line in front of like people in wheelchairs. Yeah, pregnant ladies. And I, yeah, I just I didn't feel okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so hold on, ma'am, stand back. So, yeah. Where do you think you're going? Sorry, sir. Please, right this way. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not using this service anymore. Uh, so I stopped using it. And, yeah. But also when I signed up, they were having problems with their retinal scan. And so they scanned my fingerprints and my driver's license, but no retinal scan. So they had like less biometrics on me. And yet I was getting this trusted status, which didn't, didn't feel right. Uh, and so I, I, I didn't like it. But that service, they, they haven't been doing all that great, especially with the pandemic. Clear revenue dropped mm. out the bottom. Yeah, because you couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> but it looks like they found a new revenue stream, which is, hey, if you want verified status on LinkedIn, LinkedIn is teamed up with Clear. You have to provide them a copy of your government ID. So you, you have to send them a scan of your driver's license somehow. And then they look at it and verify. A human actually looks at it and verifies that you are who you say you are, and you get verified status on LinkedIn. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So I th- I'm glad it's not a government entity, though, because I was sitting here thinking, man, now they got control over whether or not you can get a job, whether or not you can fly. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, my social credit score goes down to undesirable, next thing I know. Well, <laughs> how, how do you feel about giving a copy of your driver's license to a private entity? So I did it here. Right, you when I got hired, employer. right? Yeah, yeah. Your employer, yeah. You have give to. it to you, and you no, know, it's a little con- uh, concerning. It's like, why do we need that? Like, what what is the purpose of having that information in in the like company records? Yeah, I think for something like this, this is just me. Maybe it's my paranoia talking, but 
for me, it would not be worth it for me to willingly give up. Like, here's my government-issued photo ID. Here's my personal phone number to this private entity or whatever, just to be like, yes, it's really me on LinkedIn. I, for me personally, I'm not a right. big figure or anything. It's not... You just have to trust that that's me and that I'm real and that I'm not lying. Well, plus there's a bunch of other factors about LinkedIn that kind of like, do you have, you know, 14 followers or do you have 14,000 followers? For this specific job, if like if people were questioning, like, does she really work at ICI Learning? Go to the website. My picture's there. Right. You're right there. There's other ways to verify you. Yeah, exactly. For this particular job. For other jobs. You can create sock puppet accounts or whatever Mm -hmm. that would mimic you. It's possible sure. to make that happen. So that's the whole purpose of the verification process, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, like, well, I know that this Sophia Goodwin account is the real Sophia Goodwin accounts, right? But like, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not hucking over all my like PII to some rando for hundreds of dollars a, a, a year, yeah, to make that happen. I'm just, it's not going to occur. Now, I, I don't think LinkedIn is charging for this. Oh, okay. So yeah, but doesn't but, Clear charge for this? Well, no. So Clear is partnered with LinkedIn. You just interact with LinkedIn. Okay. You don't interact with Clear uh, to hand that information over, and you don't get to skip to the front of the line at the airport either. <laughs> uh, that, that's what you got to pay the money for. Damn you! Now, what I have to wonder, and I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out to you guys as a question because yeah. I, I know I've said this before, is that the internet would be a better place mm-hmm. if we didn't have anonymity. And that's a that's a bit of a controversial statement, right? Yeah, it's pros and cons, right? It's never it's not just one side or the other. There's pros to anonymity and there's cons to anonymity. And you gotta learn like you gotta figure out what is the what is the better scenario. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like that's on a personal level, it's for for me personally, I would hate for them to be like, you no longer have that option to like it just it just sets off alarm bells to not even have the option to be it. But in general, like for the greater good of the internet, I guess, you could argue that, yeah, to have no anonymity would be great for because you can verify that people are who they say they are and people aren't lying to you or whatever. Right. But, but I, I could do that in real life and you can't. I, yeah. I can give you fake credentials. You could just lie. Yeah, people have been yeah. doing it forever. You think people would do that? Just go I on know. the internet and tell lies? That's weird. Let's assume for a moment yeah. that a system like what Clear and LinkedIn are doing yeah. is developed that effectively identifies people, right? Uh-huh. So in order to, you know, maybe there's a, a government mandate that says you have to be clear verified before you can use the internet. Services like 4chan yeah. would just go away overnight, right? Like that that would not be able to exist. Uh, if if people if people had to put their real name on things, sites like that would not exist, right? Like I said, pros and cons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And as we know, the governments never use like your personal information well, against you no, in any way, shape, no. or form. Whistleblowing right? would be like a whole different thing, right? So, yeah. like, and that's why they have protections against like for whistleblowers. It's like a because they people don't like it when you start getting them in trouble for doing things that they've done. So, it, like I said, pros and cons. There's pros and cons to going one way extreme or the other. Typically, we have sided on the fact that you know it's better that you know a. Uh, uh, 10 guilty men go free, then one get put in jail. The right? one innocent, yeah. Right. Yeah. So this presumed innocence, and there's a level of anonymity that people get to enjoy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you, you, you've said before that there are no privacy laws. There are privacy laws, right, that are even federal privacy laws, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if it's codified in the Constitution or not. I mean, your, your right to privacy is the Fourth right. Amendment. Oh, okay. Well, there it is. Yeah. Oh, well, search and seizure, right? Yeah. It's a legal search and seizure is the Fourth Amendment, if I'm not yep. mistaken, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. You have you have to have due process. You got to have, you know, all this stuff. So it's it's a it's a political debate. It's a political argument on whether or not you should be made to say, I am me, yeah. when I say something. I mean, look, look at look at Ben Franklin, right? He, he published the Silence Do Good Letters. Because if he didn't do that that way, he would have been persecuted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've uh, I've kind of been speaking on both sides of the fence on this one. Yeah. And I, I do want to make clear my stance on this. I do not approve of a commercial entity being used to, to verify <laughs> yeah. my identity. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will absolutely not participate in this program. No. Uh, unless... <laughs> Unless my employer forces me to. <laughs> Unless I get to cut the front of the line at the you got to make then, another decision, then right? Then we'll think yeah. about it. Hey, if, if somebody out there sees my LinkedIn profile and isn't sure if it's me or not, then they should call me. Right. And so if they don't have message. my number, then I don't want to talk to them anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you like me? So if I see a number that I do not know, I do not answer it. I go a little further, and, and this is, is going to sound bad. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll regret saying this later, but I don't answer my phone ever. 
Oh. Ever. There you go. Because if it's important, they'll leave a voicemail or something. If it's if it's my wife or my mom, I answer. Yeah. Anybody else? It yeah, it goes to voicemail and I'll I'll call them back. Yeah. Yeah. My kids can wait. They don't I'm not I'm not picking up the phone. My kids don't have phones. Yeah. No, no, neither do my so my yeah, man. My daughter, my oldest daughter is asking, when do I get a phone? I'm like, not for a while. What do you need one for? Yeah. I'm with you all the time. Absolutely. I said, if you need to use a phone, I got one right here. I'll let you use it yeah. while you I watch you. can borrow it. Yep. My, uh, my oldest son is 14. Yeah. All of his friends have phones. He doesn't want one. Good for him. I know. I'm so proud of you. You have done well, sir. <laughs> that is, that's parenting win right there. He does not want a phone. Yeah. Nor should he. Yeah. yeah. God forbid he ever crossed that. He, he should oh. reluctantly go, well, I need one for work. Or whatever. Right. It's like, well, I have to have one. Right. Or it's, it's basically yeah. a necessity at this point. Yeah. Because right. yeah. Yeah, for most people, I feel like in the working world and stuff, if you don't have a right. cell phone, people are like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, people, people are always like, I sent you text after text. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't look at my phone. Yeah. My phone does not like hold my attention like it does most other people. Daniel has a backlog of uh, three weeks of Teams messages from me <laughs> that he just doesn't look at. If it's important enough, I'll bring it up in person. Uh, two words, babe. Plausible deniability. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure we could probably debate privacy laws and stuff like that all day long, but in the interest of time, we won't do that. Uh, We'll go ahead and move on. We've got our next article here, and actually this is part of a a beloved segment called Who Got Pwned? Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. So this article comes from Naked Security. It says, Attention Gamers... Now that we have your attention, <laughs> motherboard maker MSI admits to breach issues. So if you're a, a gamer or just a squeezer of raw computing power, as, <laughs> as the article puts it, that is that is the direct quote. Um, you might have tried out hacks, so to speak, to let you change inaccessible settings and stuff, among other things. But if you're a fan of MSI motherboards, it sounds like you should be extra cautious right now about installing off-market firmware. Probably all the time you should be cautious about that, but right now especially. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we we hear about these breaches from time to time, and we've talked about breaches where a private key gets compromised. Well, in this case, MSI has had a breach. The attackers have had a large amount of access. Basically, they've, they've grabbed whatever they want. They've pulled terabytes of data off of MSI's networks. And as a part of that, the, the attackers have been threatening MSI. Uh, they're trying to extort them for, I forget how much money, but a lot. Uh, and they've basically indicated, look, we got your tools for how to build a BIOS file, and we got your private key so we can digitally sign it. In other words, they can release custom firmware for MSI motherboards that's digitally signed that appears to be trustworthy. And the reason that Sophie's mentioning gamers specifically is people who do overclocking or, or try to push their board beyond the limits, your BIOS usually has protections in it that stop you from doing that. So it's pretty common for the hardcore overclockers to use custom firmware to get past that. Well, if you download firmware from an untrusted location, it could potentially be compromised and you wouldn't know it. Now, I would say at this point, MSI's own website is an untrusted location. (laughs) But this is another example of where digital signatures are only one piece of a security posture. And it can get compromised like anything else. And it looks like that has indeed happened. So if you use MSI equipment... and the article, like the Sophos guys, they're, they're great, but they, they're specifically referring to motherboards. But honestly, MSI, they make laptops, they make video cards, they make all sorts of stuff. If you have MSI hardware, I would I would certainly not... Start looking update. at Asus. Well, and- <laughs> not necessarily, you know, but but certainly not apply any updates for a little while. Yeah. Like, because you just can't trust the updates, even the ones coming from MSI. Yeah, right, because, like, how long have these attackers been in their system, right? How Correct. long have they had the ability to modify code? If you know, then you'll know which one to go back to, right? And yeah. maybe they've even, like, poisoned the, poisoned the well of the archives. Who knows? You know, I, I've complained before that uh, there's a lot of drivers that you'll get with Windows updates, and and sometimes there's a conflict from the driver from the vendor's website and the driver from Microsoft. But hey, the driver from Microsoft has been through an extra layer of security screening, so you know maybe that's the way you go on it. But it just goes to show that when you when you have hardware like this, there's a lot of trust we place in the vendors to protect it. But the vendors are, are a bit behind the eight ball because they they're constantly having to defend against these attacks. Hardware companies like these don't do the greatest with software, and that's what we're seeing right here. It's crazy that we we keep seeing attackers 
not necessarily going after PII too much anymore, but going after source code. They want access to their repositories, want access to their keys, so that they can create this, what could potentially end up being some type of supply chain attack, ultimately. Like if everybody's using MSI, well, everybody that's using MSI is now under the rubric of uh, com- compromised, mm-hmm. right? So it's just interesting to kind of see that shift away from ransomwareing. Uh, kind of stuff. We we don't even see a lot of ransomware as much as we did before. We're just seeing, yeah, hey, I got your files, and I'm going to release them to the public if you don't give me some money, right? Or I've got that supply chain thing going on because I had access to your code repository, and now I can create my own firmware. It's digitally signed. Everything is legit. You cannot tell. You know, I can't believe it's not firmware is what you're getting, right? <laughs> yeah. And and that's a scary proposition. And yeah, it sucks to get ransomware, and if you, but everybody's kind of. Moved into the okay. Well, I kind of know what to do. I'm keeping good backups. I keep that offsite. Everything you know, we, we've we've triaged that pretty well nowadays. So the attackers are going well. Let's see how this stirs your tea. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. On a side note, do they still make? I can't believe it's not butter. I have no idea. I eat real butter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat lab grown butter. Right, I eat real butter. Don's looking it up. He's look gonna. It up. I, I think Fabio still, is still, I think it's still in hawking. I can't believe it's not it's butter. Still real. I think. It I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still around. Well, yeah. I, I would say it is. I think you need a trademark. I can't like, believe I it's not firmware. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the derivative work. It's fair use. <laughs> it apparently, still exists. Yes. yes. <laughs> With omega threes. Yeah, you gotta yeah. have those omega three fatty acids. Yeah, if you yeah, learn yeah, one yeah. thing on Technado today. It's. Uh, I can't believe a butter. butter has omega. Not butter. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. As far as this article goes, I mean, there's there's no major league gamers in this room, right? No. So, probably as far as we like, I, this is not something that directly is going to affect. You me. It's good should, to know. Yeah, the people that have, that have these MSI motherboards, go home, play your games, enjoy the game, yeah, and leave your computer alone for five minutes and let yeah. it just play games for you. Yeah. Quit trying to like squeeze every last drop yeah. of power yeah. out of it. Just yeah. let yeah. it do its thing. Do you need 120 FPS? I mean, honestly. You know, they they have chosen uh, in the article to focus on gamers, but really this would apply to anyone right. who has MSI, MSI hardware. Maybe take take a pause before doing that next firmware update until we get mm. confirmation from them that everything is clear and a new round of updates comes out. Um, I'm sure that's forthwith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's coming real soon. My brother's, uh, my older brother, he's more familiar with like specifically PC gaming and yeah. just general PCs. You know, he's mm. like, he, I think he's built his own PC. And if you're watching, hi. Um, so I'm sure I'll hear from, from him after this about this particular thing because this is something that would interest him. But for me, it's, you know, yeah. it's not something that I really, ma- I don't really mess with firmware a lot. It's not something yeah. I get into. MSI is a budget brand. So they're they're yeah. low cost hardware and I believe they're Chinese. Uh, oh, Taipei, Taiwan. That's a big difference yeah. right there. So, uh, so they're a Taiwanese company, um, but they are known for being low cost. And mm. when you get low cost hardware, but the hardware is licensed from like Nvidia or somebody else, when it's low cost hardware, they got to save money somewhere else, and it's almost always software development. Mm. And, and uh, so that's what we're seeing here. I don't think you'll see this in a lot of corporations, but home users, small businesses, you know, people that go to Best Buy to buy their equipment, yeah. that's where you'll see people with MSI. Okay. Interesting. That's good to know. So whether you're a gamer or not, it's good to know. Good information to have. Um, the more you know. Yeah. <laughs> the more, the yeah. More. I wish we had that graphic yeah. with the little rainbow. The more then you we know. Get sued. Yes, the, we would. Would we really? <laughs> yeah. A cease and desist at first. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Just mind. You can get away no with no it a couple deal. of times. Before. What's no a big, cease and desist right? between friends? Right? I mean, that's just the cost <laughs> of doing business nowadays, right, Don? We've <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of legal talk going on in this episode. Yeah. So moving on, before we get into trouble, uh, this next segment is we're going to, like you guys were doing earlier, take a little walk down memory lane for Deja News. Deja News. <laughs> I forgot the voice was coming. Sorry. It t- <laughs> took me by surprise. Uh, this article comes from TechCrunch. It says hackers claim vast access to Western digital systems. So a couple weeks ago, April third, I think. Uh, Western Digital did disclose a network security incident, but they didn't give a lot of details. It was like, certain hackers obtained certain data from certain systems <laughs> and certain death may be impending, or whatever, I something like that. I think that's a great um, summary. I think It is a great summary. Thank you. <laughs> I worked really hard on that. But it sounds like now some more information about what exactly was obtained is coming to light, right? <laughs> Next week we're going to announce how Sophie is the new PR director yeah, for Western, for Western Digital, because you <laughs> nailed it. Uh, 
you're exactly right, though, right? They were really light on the details. We're only now finding out more information about what happened. And basically, it's a worst-case scenario. So when Western Digital got hit, they shut down their cloud services. So that's what we reported on was, hey, if you had a Western Digital MyBook, your MyCloud service was totally offline. Couldn't get to it. People were locked out of their drives for a little while, but now they can get into them again. But the cloud service is still down. It's been down for weeks. And now we're finding out that the attackers got a lot. They transferred around 10 terabytes of data from Western Digital, which, I mean... So they have Western Digital is what you're saying. And, and <laughs> look, if you're, they're not saying whether customer data is affected, but let's say you're a hard drive manufacturer. Western yeah. Digital is one of the largest hard drive manufacturers in the world, yeah. so they make hard drives. How much data do you think a company that manufactures hard drives would have? Not 10 terabytes. Yeah. Uh, so what you're saying is, is if like the main place goes down, they could be a hot site replication for that. <laughs> right. Like, I could stand Western Digital right back up. Don't worry about it. Just pay the hackers. Yeah, just pay the hackers. <laughs> so the odds of there being customer data in this are pretty high, but they have revealed some of the information that they've pulled, and they've been making threats to Western Digital. They want uh, a, a ransom. a bit of money, if I'm not mistaken. In excess of $10 million. They said eight figures or more. Well, eight figures is $10 million. Um, so a, mil a million per terabyte. Right? <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's how they price it. Yeah, like, well, just you got, you got ten terabytes here. Yeah. It's like when you're at the grocery store and they weigh the vegetables. And yeah, they, just, yeah. they weigh your data, and, and there you go. Um, looks like you owe me uh, ten million dollars, there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I'll double down on my statement from the last article about Western Digital is a hardware company, mm. and so obviously not going to be great at software, and that's what we're seeing here with their cloud service being offline for so long. The attackers fully penetrated Western Digital. They got, uh, I, I know, I love saying that. Oh, uh, they got uh, global admin privileges to Western Digital's Azure account, uh, full access to all of their cloud infrastructure, and they got access to their SAP back office, so all of the financial and accounting. So they, I, I cannot see any limit to what they had access to, uh, basically everything. I, I love reading this article and how the hackers were just like, can we just stick our egos to the side here and give us our money and call it a day? Quit messing around. <laughs> Level with us. Quit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the where we're at in life. You might as well go ahead and pay us and let's call us. I'm. I'm. Uh, it's almost like they're frustrated that they're still dealing with Western Digital. Yeah. It's like, can, can we make this deal happen and get on with our lives, please? Yeah. We've got <laughs> other people we've <laughs> reached that yeah. we've got to contact. Yeah, I got. You're chewing up resources here, buddy. We're not here <laughs> just for Western Digital. Yeah. You, know? you think Seagate ain't on our list? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Seagate. Yeah. Um, they uh, they did. They were very generous in saying, "Yeah, just pay us, and and we'll make this whole thing go away. We'll keep it secret." Which that cat's already out of the bag. Yeah. Uh, we will. Uh, we'll show you the weaknesses on your network. Like that's nice of them. Yeah. But the reality is, ten million dollar pen test. <laughs> when you pay these people, you don't know that they're going to deliver on anything they say because they literally are criminals. So um, Western Digital's in a bit of a pickle on this one. I can't see them paying. This bounty, that's just... Oh, that would be a that would be a lot. I shouldn't call it a bounty. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what, though. The the CISO, when they go asking for money next time for pen tests, they're going, so the last time we got pen tested, it cost us $10 million. This company's only asking 10000 Which one would you rather pay? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Maybe we should do this more often. Um, I think, wasn't there a bit in here about how they stole some recorded meetings... And they really one of the meetings it, it was either it was either Western Digital or MSI I don't remember which okay. one where they stole recorded meetings and one of them like the CISO is in the meeting <laughs> so that, that's a little yeah. embarrassing I told you we should have spent that money on yeah. that uh, internet security stuff but you know <laughs> that does bring up a good point Daniel there's yeah. always a backstory yeah it could be that they have the world's most incompetent CISO that's true right and so their network is not secured and it's terrible. Or it could be that they have a really competent CISO who is trying their hardest to secure that network, but was being denied funds. Yeah, he's getting double birds by the sea level. That happens. It does. It happens. And and even if you compromise, you just go like halfway. You got half right. the funds he requested. Yeah. Well, you know, it's... Uh, I can get half the things I wanted to get. <laughs> and the attackers only need one <laughs> right. hole to get in. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. Yeah. Well... So. Hmm. So this was pretty bad, and it may actually turn out to be one of the biggest hacks that we have this year. Uh, I did find it interesting. The attackers said they didn't want to use ransomware because they wanted to give Western Digital a chance to get out of this. Uh, if you use ransomware, 
Listen, we're not as bad as all that, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't ransomware you. What do I look like? A, a douchebag? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of their argument at this point. You think other hardware vendors are going, we should learn from this. Yeah. I hope we this, get hacked by those guys. This, uh, yeah. I mean, if we're gonna get hacked, I want those uh, those Western digital hackers. I mean, there's help me help cool. you. I'm you a know? nice guy. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll share a beer and give them ten million bucks. Now <laughs> I Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying the thing you said about uh, the meeting, the you know screen graph. It, it was TechCrunch. It says it was a, a screenshot of a group call where one of the participants is identified as their as their CISO. Mm. So it was this article right. about yep. Western Digital. So That's fun. yikes! Now uh, I almost said something a second ago about how this group doesn't even have a name. Oh, do they? They don't have a name, and that that makes me a little suspect, right? Because okay. these these types of attacks are usually perpetrated by groups that have a name. A name. Yeah, and and it it may be. Uh, why am I drawing a blank like now? Like Lazarus Group or whatever. Lulzek. Yeah. Uh, uh, what are all the What's bear ones from Russia? Oh, yeah. Like, Fancy Bear, Cozy Bear. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they normally have a name like that. But here's this group. There's a couple of people, apparently, and they don't have a name. Yeah. That That's odd. And they, they even say that, like, you know, we, we don't have any go. We just, we're doing this. And, yeah. Um, Lapsus is and, one, right? And, it, and it's odd. And so they've, they've teamed up with another group called alf v or alf 5 i don't know how you say it um to get them to release the information so the stuff that they've been disclosing have been going through this other group that seems weird to me and it, it i can't help but think about that ubiquity breach where do you remember the the hacker said look i got into ubiquity i got your private keys i got everything you need to pay me money mm-hmm. and then it turned out to be the CISO. oh really i don't remember, remember that, one? that one no it's like a oh. movie I, I just spoiled the. This yeah, is like an M Night sure Shyamalan did. film. Yeah. And I just ruined the ending. Uh, like, like, like the people at Ubiquity, they see dead people. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be damned. <laughs> and uh, Rosebud is a sled. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. So yeah, so this this hacker was exploiting Rosebud. them and and was saying, "You need to pay me money, or I'm going to disclose. I've got access to everything." And so internally, the staff do, they do their instant response. So what do they do? They go to the CISO. So the CISO kicks off an investigation. Oh, yeah. We got an instant response, baby. And so here you have the person doing the crime yeah. is the head of the investigation. So, of course, I don't know. This is a really sophisticated attack. I don't know I, how they got in. It's not in the logs at all because the dude had access to <laughs> yeah, everything. Yeah. Wow. And uh, uh, I forget how they, they caught him, but they did tra- track it back. The FBI tracked it mm. back to him. Uh, it was something about the communications he was sending that they were able to track him with. He that. probably made some stupid mistake, like he accessed something from his house. Forgot to turn on tour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but they got him, and and that's going through the court system right now. Nice. But, boy, talk about a, a bad situation. So they, they thought they got hacked. The hackers had information. They were disclosing. They were leaking little bits of it, uh, but it turned out to be the CISO. Anytime I hear something like this and the group's like, yeah, we don't have a name. We don't have an ego. Why don't you just pay, yeah. our, pay us the money so we can move along? Mm. You, yeah, to you like start insider. to ring bells. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you're teaching the insiders right now. They're taking notes going, okay, so try to blame it on someone else. I got gotcha. you. You know, hey, make up a name. Yeah. How, yeah. How lazy is that? Just look up, like, <laughs> go to the MITRE attack framework, look up an ATP or APT group and see what their common attack vectors are. And you do that. Yeah. yeah. It's a stinking playbook on how this group does what. Or follow the bouncing ball. Just use the what was it, the '90s grunge band name generator? You ever see that? Uh, I got to look that up. Grunge band name generator. So in the '90s, Sophie, uh, <laughs> there was this musical genre called. They had grunge. bands in the '90s. They and, did, and it was, it was always two words. You had Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, yeah, uh, sure. Nirvana. Nirvana. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, that kind of breaks <laughs> it, doesn't it? Um, so you know that there was this guy, he played uh, guitar for Nirvana for years before they were famous, like in the late 80s. And then he went on to play for Soundgarden. And then once he quit that, he became a special forces operator and did tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Like, that is, that's crazy. That's, that is crazy. What a life. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I can't seem to find a good, it, it's easier to generate a random password than it is to find a grunge band yeah. name generator. Uh, but point is that there's some things about this story to me that have kind of have my, my conspiracy flag up. Yeah. I, I think we may find out more down the road, but, uh, but at this point, just know that Western digital's data is compromised and, and therefore your data is compromised. Yeah. Yep. Fun. 
And I wouldn't download any Western digital firmware for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that? Is sensing what, a pattern okay. here. Most yeah. people never update the firmware on their Check hard drives anyway, but you can. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> yeah, don't do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So lesson learned. I'm sensing a pattern here in some of these articles. So a I think lesson. that do what? A lesson. A lesson. Yeah, sure. This is a teaching podcast. This is a te- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why we're here. We're here to the more you know. Well, it goes back to show you like, so we did IoT pen testing, right? And we talked a lot about firmware, mm-hmm. right? And I showed you how you could get a copy of the firmware. Yeah, you did modify the, the firmware, firmware stuff, right? Yeah. Now imagine if I had some sort of backdoor access into one of these IoT systems. And I was able to modify that firmware, and now I put it in the repository. And anybody that does do a download or an update to their firmware is now getting my nasty stuff. Yeah. And I'm I'm just watching I'm watching the beacons roll in. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yep. <laughs> Scary world we live in. It's so great. I love coming on the show and Technito. Getting yeah. new fears. Yeah. We give week. you nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Not monetizable by YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to do it for uh, our news. Real quick, I did want to mention Technado is sponsored by ACI Learning, the people behind IT Pro. So if you're listening from the Technado website, you can look for the Sponsored By button. And if you click on that, it'll take you to the IT Pro website. If you want a discount on your membership, you can use the code Technado30. And if you want to support us in our day jobs here, you can check out some of those courses. I, I think they're pretty cool. I'm not biased. You can also check out ACI Learning's webinars and their live on social events. There is an upcoming webinar. It should be the day this episode's released. That's Thursday, April 20th. Uh, it'll be at 2 p.m. They'll welcome Shannon Noonan, who is the CEO and founder of High Noon, and they're, she's going to talk about uh, cybersecurity governance with Hernan Murdoch. And then last thing, uh, you want to stop by RSA if you're going to be in San Francisco, if you happen to be in that area. I'm not, but you know, if you are. Uh, <laughs> ACI Learning will have some representatives there next week, April 24th to the 27th at booth 2429. And edutainer Wes Bryan will be in attendance. And if you're looking to be starstruck, go see him. Stop by and say hello. And I think Wh- that's all that I've on acronyms. The man is a <laughs> the boy knows his acronyms. Like, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. So he'll like so he'll do a trick. He's he'll, the yeah. anti me, right? Whereas I can't remember an acronym to save my life. <laughs> he knows them all. He knows them he all. He knows them all. He creates the acronym. And not, not only that, and I'm talking like obscure crap that you you shouldn't know. And he <laughs> knows them. <laughs> I mean, it's, if somebody's got to know it, I you don't know it. Somebody yeah, has to. Yeah. That's all that I got. You guys got anything that I that I forgot other than the acronym thing? No, yeah. that's all you had to offer. Yeah. No, I'll you know, see we're you uh, cooking anything up. Yeah, it's, you're not wrong. <laughs> I think things have uh, things have been heating up on the security front this year. So 2023 is turning out to be quite the active hacking yeah. season. Yes. So yes. stay safe I'm out sure there. There's nothing that we'll have next week that has a no, oh, absolutely no. no. It's gonna be purely quiet. Yeah, pretty. We might not even have a show next week. It's yeah. just gonna be yeah. so quiet. Nothing to talk about. <laughs> yeah. If you want to find out, you just have to tune in next week and see if Daniel and I match our shirts again. Yeah, kind of, sort, sort of. of, kind of matches. Sort of. It's, it's, Military themed. It's the thought that counts. Yeah. So. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Technado, and we'll see you next week.